Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good evening. We've got new faces, Nord faces, and somebody drank their pee. But enough about what I did this weekend. It's the second part of Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, Welcome back. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Just going to do a little tweet here. In case you are not watching, now you're officially watching. We've retweeted. Welcome back, Ashley Chapman. How are you? I'm great. I I feel like we were on, like... Summer break. This Jen, is awesome. I've missed you. I've, I've missed you too. Are you wearing your new school shoes? I am. Uh, excellent. And I heard you drank some pee this weekend. You Everybody had a busy drink some pee the weekend. It's the summer. Never I'm a dull moment when Simon is Just house. following Nick's lead. Uh, <laughs> welcome back. Uh, it's the. How are we going to call it? Are we going to call this episode eight or season two, like part two, 1.1? episode yeah. one? I guess I guess for now we can just say mid-season premiere. Yeah. But yeah, it is episode eight. Yeah. You know, AMC loves to do those little weird uh, interjections do, right in the middle of the season. But yeah, it's it's the season-ish yeah, premiere. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's season-ish it's premiere. Mid-ish, yeah, season-ish, cool. premiere-ish. Just that ish on the end of it. It'll be good. Let's talk about the episode. But first of all, we have to address the elephant in the room. Well, the elephant is not here. Yeah. Um, Mr. Ben Bateman um, is not here this evening. Um, he unfortunately he washed his one suit, um, that and took... he forgot about it. it did it shrink or it's, it's it fine. shrank? Okay, so he's very he's... upset yeah, so about that. Okay. Um, and also, he would have been stark bollock naked. Yeah. Um, well, so I'm we sure thought the it was fans best. Wouldn't have, have mind that too much, but yeah. you know, pour one out for his suit. Exactly. So we love you, ben. Uh, this we'll is... see you next week. For yeah. the suit that didn't make it, <laughs> homie. Uh, but Ben, Ben will be here. He's just in Seattle. Yeah, it's fine. Fun. Yeah, mm. they put us in the, they put us in the grown-up this is, studio. I know. This is like the swanky. I like this. I'm know? on a chair. I, I feel I'm, official. I feel I'm, really official. I'm actually taller on this chair than I am in in real life. Um, <laughs> now, if you're not watching this on YouTube, that would make no sense whatsoever. Um, but, but yeah, we're on the big. We're in the big studio. Yeah, lovely. It's very nice. So, um, so Alex, um, Ashley. It's been so long, I've forgotten your name. Now, Ashley, where can we find you on Twitter? Let's get that out of the way. Ashley, not Alex, can be found on Instagram, Twitter, Ashley underscore Chapman. Welcome back, guys. Please tweet at us. Give us your comments, your feedback. Let us know what you thought of this mid-ish season premiere-ish Premiere-ish, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So you are going to be on the chat this evening. You're going to be keeping a little look at what people are saying. Yes, I am on the chat. So feel free to send me your comments, um, concerns, emotional outbursts. I am here for you all. But that's enough about me. Um, (laughs) Okay, so the episode uh, was called Grotesque. Yes. Uh, Now, that could refer to many things in this episode, couldn't it? What do you think it refers to? Well, like you said, a lot of things. Um, I actually personally like that this was a very Nick-centered episode mm. because I think leaving the mid-season finale where, you know, you see the groups, everybody kind of had somebody else looking out for them where Nick was sort of left sort of in the unknown and yeah. kind of off by himself. Um, and a lot of grotesque things definitely happened in this episode. For me, I think, you know, he said a line towards the end of the episode. He wanted to go to a place where um, the dead weren't monsters. Yeah. So I think it was kind of him sort of immersing himself in a more grotesque environment or or just practices, like him being a lot more comfortable being covered in the blood and, like, doing all of these things that he wouldn't normally do. Um, so I just kind of felt like maybe this was just sort of reminiscent of you know, all of the the really grotesque things that happen in the episode, but also, like, his behaviors now becoming a little bit more grotesque and animal and almost like the dead, but he's still alive. Well, he had to go through a lot in this episode because, obviously, when he started out, you know, he had a friend. She was like, here's a bag, here's some water. A couple of hours later, drinking his own piss. Yeah. Not... (laughs) 
I mean, and, yeah, you know, this he, was he, this was like dances with wolves yeah, goes wrong, you yeah, know, like with, all the worst things. Yeah, exactly. yes, drinking with urine. <laughs> yeah. um, so it, it it's the uh, directed by um, Daniel Sackheim, who I'm not sure how many episodes he's actually done before, but one thing we we all said, uh, and obviously Ben, my homies, yeah. uh, he we've all said previously that there's a lot of Nick. Mm-hmm. that we haven't known. Yeah. And this did do some flashbacks. It did mm-hmm. kind of flesh that out. And obviously, certainly when, when Nick started the episode, when he was leaving the house with, with the, the female companion previously from obviously where they were at the end of the last season, right. um, it was very much a case of he was kind of cocky, where she was yeah. like, here's your bag, here's your water. He was like, yeah, great, this is fine. You go, it's going to be it's gonna be fine. I've got my stuff. And then he very quickly realised, you mm-hmm. could tell as he was walking along and he was kind of working his way through the water quite quickly, yeah. he already was kind of like, actually, I'm 100 miles from Tijuana. Yeah. I've kind of got to make this last a little bit. So he, he, within a few minutes of the episode, he kind of started to lose that cockiness because he hasn't been on his own on his own. No, he hasn't. Since yeah. the very start of the season... Mm-hmm where we found him in the church right at the beginning of the first season. So this is the first time he has been completely solo. And I think, too, it also just sort of shows, like, now how he's he's starting to realize and understand. I mean, and even in this episode, there were moments where things just worked out for him, and I think he he realized and acknowledged that things just worked out for him, so there's still a little bit of that cockiness there, but I think for one of the first times ever, he's experienced what it's like to truly be on his own and not have Mm. somebody there to to save his ass, essentially. Um, And even though, you know, he did have those moments where where people did save his ass, it it was a lot of him having to fend for himself and fight for himself in a way that he's never done before, and then, you know, having that juxtaposed with the, the flashback scenes where he has he's just always been um very supportive yeah like, you know he's always had support around him he's always had people there to just sort of pick up his slack so for him to just completely be out there on his own i thought it was really great and it just reminds me of you know we'll do our our carol watch yeah. to ben again um well, on how he could possibly really transform into somebody who is more independent yeah and um but i think it could also be a negative thing too because i'm seeing now He's still feeling like he is special in the sense of, like, no matter what happens, no matter what he does, like, there's always going to be somebody there to save him, someone else always looking out for him. Like, things are just always going to work out for him. Mm. And I can I can see that possibly turning into him developing a really negative, you know, attitude and behavior towards the world. I think that's fair. And also we, we found it very early on in this episode, you know, when she was saying, you know, you're, you're going out on your own, but be very careful because yeah. there are going to be other places that embrace the dead. There are going to be these bandits who basically use it as an excuse to go exactly. crazy and do these really inhuman things. So whereas previously the dangers that, that faced him and faced everybody else in the group were maybe one individual or, you know, that kind of thing. This is this is very different. There are new and there are more dangers out there and different kinds of dangers that he won't have experienced before. Um, we see at the beginning of the episode as well that he's heading for Tijuana. Very clearly they said that it was 100 miles. Later on we see that he got to, I think it was um, 40 miles to Tijuana. Yeah. So he covers a lot of ground. Yeah. It also kind of gives us geographically, because we, we lost this with the first half of the season with the boat. We knew where they landed, and we kind of knew geographically where they were going to be. Mm-hmm. But this time we know that he's obviously heading... towards Tijuana, which means he's heading back towards the border. He's heading up towards San Diego and back to the border with California. Kind of exactly where he's going to end up and if he's going to go back across the border. If we're going to see the show go back into the States, we don't know yet, but at least we know now which which way he's going. What do you think about him, I guess, seeming very okay with the fact that he's separated from the rest of the group? Because, you know, in his flashbacks... We did see his mom, mm. and he talks a little bit about his dad, but there doesn't seem to be much, I don't want to say concern, because we haven't really seen that yet. Yep. But, I mean, he just seems very okay with the fact that his mom and his sister and, and everybody else is is kind of out there. And, and there really is, it's unclear as to whether or not he'll ever be able to find them. Like, he doesn't have a way to communicate with them at all. So what were your feelings about that? Were you okay with that? Or are you feeling like no, maybe think, there's something else there? Well, I think mentally he's kind of in a headspace where he's kind of got this sort of you know cockiness of youth about mm-hmm. him where he hasn't really had any alone time. He hasn't had any way to sort of get his head together since obviously the, the mayhem uh, at the end of the first half of the season. And I think he's kind of looking at this at the moment, or certainly early on in the episode, as kind of like, okay, 
I'm going to use this as some me time. I'm going to, you know, we see him, obviously, when he's having his resting moments, we're seeing him dream and do these flashbacks and go back. So it's kind of him just going through all the stuff that he basically hasn't had chance to deal with because, Mm -hmm. obviously... Going back to the the very first season, obviously seeing his character progress, he's really gone from, as we now know, losing his girlfriend, who we have her name, Gloria. Mm -hmm. Um, He's gone from that into the situation where, obviously, all the walkers are around, and then, obviously, to the issue on the ships and blah, blah, blah. He hasn't really had any time to digest anything else that he's personally gone through rather than that immediate environment. So I think he's kind of certainly in this, at the start of the episode, kind of seeing it as actually I'm going to do, like Australians would say, I'm going to go out back. I'm going to take Mm -hmm. some time. I'm going to walk around and, you know, get my head together. So I think at the moment he's probably seeing it as a positive. Yeah. Obviously we find out in, in the episode that he actually, it's not that much of a positive. Let's talk about the first flashback. Yeah. Okay, so we see uh, who we now know as his girlfriend, Gloria, being introduced as Taipei Girl when they're in rehab. We've never touched on rehab with him before, and we also very, very quickly there, we learn about what his issues were Mm -hmm. and why, obviously, he could perhaps talk to his mother but not talk to his father about that and his relationship with his father. Um, I don't know how you feel about this, but I thought the fact that how he was defining his... His relationship with his mother, he obviously respected her, but he knew that because of her psychology background and counselling background, she could she could smell bullshit. If yeah. he was she could see right through him. Of course. But the dad, he obviously saw the father as very much a you teach me how to be a man. Yeah. And his father physically and mentally wasn't there for him. So he kind of felt like his dad had let him down. He was ill-prepared to reach this point in his life. Perhaps that's why he seeked the solace of drugs. We don't know, but we haven't really... That's never really been discussed Mm -hmm. previously, has it? No, it hasn't. And, you know, I think it's great. I mean, this, to me, was an episode that was... And a lot of people in the chat have been saying that this is kind of more of a slower episode and but it, we got a lot of, of great information and mm. we got a lot more depth about Nick and his past and we haven't really heard that much you know there's been subtle mentions or just quick mentions about his father but yeah. really him sort of breaking down in that moment and kind of saying like I need you to just kind of be there to to teach me how to to be a man and just be someone who is a functional you know contributing member of society um, so, I mean, I'm sure that that contributes to a lot of, of his problems, but then I also kind of saw it as, you know, he likes to, he really likes to to to, to put the blame on a lot of other people, yeah. you know what I mean? He, he doesn't always take ownership for his own actions. So, I mean, I get it, you know, your father maybe isn't as emotionally or physically there as you would like, but he was still around, and that, to me, that just doesn't seem like a strong enough reason for him to... Let me just go to drugs, you know, because he still had a very strong motherhood figure in his life, which isn't the same, yeah. you know, when you're we're trying to have that father-son connection. Um, but I think it is great that we're starting to get more and more tidbits about the family, about their history, and about sort of what kind of led him to that point. Um, he seems to be to he seems to be doubling down because obviously he felt a bit neglected, and he ref- he yeah. says that his father wouldn't hurt a fly. Yeah, um, and then he used the phrase, um, "He didn't teach me how to be a man because the world is too much for you." And I, it almost seems like he is sort of he's gonna he's gonna go big or go hard because his dad he felt wasn't the man that he really wanted him to be and wasn't that he was a present father, but he wasn't really as present as he wanted him to be. Um, Okay, let's have a look at the first attack in the house um, where he tries to reason with the lady who um, attacks him with a baseball bat. Yeah, very Uh, hard to reason with That is possibly the shittiest wake-up call. He has a couple of these, actually. You've never had a bat wake-up call? No, I tend tend to stay in nicer hotels than (laughs) that, generally. Um, I've never... Woken up in a Hampton Inn and had my ass kicked. Well, um, you clearly haven't been to there all is the still time. yes. There is still time. Bucket list. Uh, yeah, yeah, so he obviously, he's in this house. He kind of feels it's a bit of a solace. He's on the road. Um, that that does that yeah. does not go well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, very quickly, we talked about the fact that he was being aware of his supplies. At that point, he loses everything. Yeah. He doesn't have any more belongings. It's him and the shirt off his back which he very quickly takes off, which a lot of female fans of the show will be delighted, and some men, will be delighted about. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's quite interesting that he didn't seem that bothered about it. Um, He would kind of... I think he just... Even though the lady was alarmed Mm. and had the child there, he didn't seem to get 
the reason that she was particularly alarmed. He was, I think, because he'd been around people that he could reason with. Yeah. He kind of was like, can I get my bag? No. Mm, mm-hmm. Not sure how to deal with that, which was quite interesting. He's starting to see that he is on his own and feel yeah. that not everybody is going to be particularly welcoming. Which, I mean, this this probably sounds really bad, but, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I just kind of felt like he just lets the go a little bit too easily because mm. if that is your only food supply that's your only water supply i would have fought a little bit harder for that you know what i mean i mean the woman she did have a bat yep. but he in as far as their size and i'm sure strength like i think he could have had a good chance <laughs> of at least you know and if she would have seen okay he's just taking his stuff and getting out yeah you know so i i just i don't know i guess it just for me it just kept reading like He's just kind of like, well, I don't know, you know, and mm. well, I mean, hopefully I'll just stumble upon something else, you know, and I think he, I mean, I, it's just a, to me, it just kind of read as, okay, he's, he doesn't really quite get the yeah. seriousness of it and his survival instincts, they're, they're kind of floating around, they're there, but they haven't quite snapped onto him as we did see later in, in the episode, they, they definitely did. Um, but just starting off, I think, think even there, it was still him not fully realizing that, okay, I'm on my own and if I don't have these supplies or if I don't have whatever I need to survive, I'm going to die. For me, it was kind of, it was almost like he was, it was the zombie equivalent to going to college where you you go to college for the first day and you're like, hey, this is amazing, Mm -hmm. I've got my freedom. And then you're like, um, uh, where's my my dinner? Where's my breakfast? Where's my my mom is not going to, or my dad is not going to do this for me. Mm -hmm. Shit, I need to eat. And I think he's gradually realizing now that he's like, Okay, I assumed that I could go somewhere else and I could get some water. There isn't water freely available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think he's realizing that. So we see him back on the road, um, roadside. Zombies in cars. Never a good thing. Um, and obviously at that point, that is when we meet these bandits that yes. he's already been warned about, these bad men that are out there and kind of making the most of this. Um, guy gets stabbed in the face, asks for water. Um, we know these guys mean business mm-hmm. right from the beginning. They're kind of less triple A and more <laughs> like triple oh hell no. Yeah. Because these are not the guys you want to call on for roadside assistance. At all. Okay. Also, what is it with with the Clark family obsession with radios? Because they, the Clark family and radios do not go well together. Obviously, we true. saw in in the last time somebody used a radio. Yeah, it, you know, it kind of all went to shit a little yeah, bit. I know. And he's obviously obsessed with getting this radio out of a car, and because the radio goes off, he actually gets discovered and almost killed by the bandits. Um, yeah. Do you think we're going to see a running theme of radios? And should he, <laughs> to be honest with you, just get a Spotify account? Shameless plug, Radio Shack. Please do what you can to save them, guys. They need all your love and support. Um, I don't know, but I mean, I think before that, with actually with the radio, with Mm. him actually coming into contact with the walker, just sort of that his whole interaction with it, you know, with him putting his finger out and like almost allowing the walker to grab his finger. It's, it's like, and then with him grabbing it and not seeming, you know, too alarmed, like he could have gone to the other side of the car. I wondered that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he just still seems very fascinated with death. And he seems very fascinated with being among these walkers because mm. of everything that Cecilia has kind of put in his head about the dead and how they're still, I don't know. I mean, it, it's just it's just really interesting now, you know. And then, yeah, like, like with the radio, of course, it just we, we, we have to set ourselves up so that we can push tension and, and, and push the, the storyline along. But I don't know. I mean, I think that it's it's just it's showing me more and more how more uh, fascinated he's getting with death, how more fascinated he's getting with, like, kind of being on his own and being this, like, nomad dude that that he really thinks it's it's kind of cool when it's not. Well, he still has this kind of weird relationship with death. I mean, when when mm-hmm. we're, not to go too far forward, we'll, we'll get to it later on. But when he was talking to the doctor at the end of the episode, he was yeah. talking about he almost has some very philosophical points of view and statements about death yeah. and his relationship with death and mm-hmm. how he sees his sort of symbiosis with with the walkers, which was quite interesting. Yeah. And I think the the doctor that he was dealing with was was quite surprised about the fact that he had this kind of philosophy around mm-hmm. it. Uh, but we'll get to that later on. So. A couple of recipes yes. uh, in the show tonight. Um, we saw we saw Nick um, preparing cactus. Yes, which uh, was... which was didn't go well. 
No. Um, if you would like that recipe, um, here's Nick's recipe for cactus. Um, take your shirt off. Bloody shirt. Make bloody sure shirt. Bloody. Must be bloody yes. before you actually do this. Um, take, take a cactus panel. Um, when you pull that off, careful not to spike your hands. Uh, smash it with a rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure it can be any size rock. It doesn't really matter. Any brand is fine. If it's an own brand rock, yes. totally acceptable. Uh, so smash, smash the cactus, eat it. Um, and, and then, then throw up, and, and then profusely. throw up, yeah. which I thought was a great recipe there. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, he he then decided to follow that um, with a lovely, lovely handful Con- of piss. Yes, Con- co- concoction of piss. Yes, Is it? it does great. that count as a cocktail? I think so. Because it came straight yeah. from the source. Yeah, I'm thinking that. That's that's like the definition of a cocktail. Okay, yeah. so uh, <laughs> so Nick's 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 tipple of the day: hot piss, um, hot, hot piss cocktail. Hot yeah. piss cocktail. Um, you can use any any of the house spirits in that. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah. um, if you were in the situation that Nick was in, in the middle of the desert, and got to ask, and you you were thirsty. Would you drink your own pee? Hell no. No. Absolutely not. I mean, I've I've drunk light beer, which is not which has been comparable. which is not it's comparable, comparable to pee. To pee <laughs> but it's if we're still honest, not but pee, it's not yeah. actually pee. It didn't yeah. come mm. out of my penis. Um, but no, I just I, I assume that's the only thing that he's got. I just thought it was right interesting now. that he vomits from the cactus and but not, not from his the piss. Pee. Almost as if maybe he's done it before. And that's one to grow on. Oh, no. So. I mean, but again, it just kind of speaks to the resourcefulness, um, mm. not just being in, in this particular situation, but his resourcefulness as a drug addict. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there have been many times where he went without food, where mm-hmm. he was left stranded and mm-hmm. abandoned without any type of anything. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever, you know, had a, the, I would call it the Nick special uh, cocktail. But um, yeah, it was it was interesting. And then with him, you forgot the dogs, the lovely uh, yes Walker dog. Oh uh, yes, souffle. we'll get to that recipe later yes. on. Yes, um, yes. So yeah, it's just a lot of him. I think thinking he knows how to take care of himself, or like thinking, oh yeah, this is going to save me. Well, and I think we've seen opposite. that from two two of the young guys. Obviously, there's Nick, and obviously Chris has gone yeah. a little bit gaga, and he's sort of you know gone off and his dad's chasing him at the moment we'll get to that in another episode obviously we saw at the end of this episode throwing forward shit's gonna get crazy next week so this was kind of like the sorbet um with piss um just to get us ready for next week's madness um after the the wee episode uh pee drinking uh we saw another flashback Mm -hmm. uh now this was again back to nick in the treatment facility uh he was sitting with his his girlfriend um gloria Gloria. Mm -hmm. um that was where madison came in yeah and obviously broke the news about uh, he i think i can only assume that when uh maddie walked in and it was nice to see her in the episode it it was was really nice to see her um he was kind of expecting I, i don't know if you feel the same way that his father wasn't there because his father didn't care. Mm-hmm. And obviously then we found out very quickly that it, it wasn't the case. So yeah. when Madison broke the news, how do you, how did you, did you, did Nick take it the way that you thought he was going to take it? I did. But it was also, I think even for me, it made it so much more sad because there was that expectation of, mm. okay, he's not here again. Like, what basically trumped me, you know? Um, and I think that that was something that he was used to, which is just even more disheartening um, to sort of see that, you know, his whole viewpoint, or I would yeah. say a large part of his viewpoint of his dad was him just not being there. And now it's him realizing that, oh, he's not going to be here ever again. Like, mm. there's not going to be an opportunity at all. And then thinking back to the flashback before where he sort of gives it to Gloria, which, you know, he's talking um, to his, what he'd like to say to his dad. And then just sort of thinking, like, did he ever have that conversation with his dad? Was he ever able to express that side of him? Were they ever able to talk about that or make amends? Like, was there any type of him getting that out of his his system? I don't think so, because he went, you know, right back. Um, So there was that lack of support there. So I think that he took it anyway that a person you know would take it but for me it just sort of showed like he was very used to his dad not being there and then just having that realization of of him being gone Mm. forever and just really sinking in like okay now there's no one around to teach me how to be a man well i i think i i agree with you on that i also think the fact that he kind of assumed 
instantly that his father had died at work because yeah. obviously he felt that his father's relationship with his day-to-day job was was closer than the relationship that he had his father. The job meant more to his father than his his son did, than, mm. than Nick personally did. Mm. I think there's also a fact that there, as you talk about, you know, the fact that he may or may not have spoken to him, I think there was a regret that obviously uh, Gloria had got him to a point where he was willing to say things to his father that... Yeah. He hadn't said mm-hmm. for whatever reason because yeah. he didn't feel able to or wasn't able to collect the thoughts together in a in a in a coherent way. Yeah. Um, shout out here in the the chat yeah. we have uh, Diedros Masha. Uh, I think Nick and Chris's arcs are going to parallel each other. Mm. Nick with no father figure and Chris finally having his father around for good. Yeah. So yeah, I think that he's now Nick is now searching, and we can kind of see from this episode. He's searching for that. I think that in a strange way, Celia and Gloria kind of paralleled each other. Mm. Like they they freed him to sort of open himself up about things that he was feeling and his true feelings and, and the, what he's really been thinking this whole time. Yeah. And so now he's I think he's kind of searching for that 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 father figure or just that that something that he needs to just help him feel more normal or just more like he's a part of something. Well, I think that's one of the frictions that we've seen. There has been a little bit of a rub between um, Nick and Chris. Yeah. And I think now we're seeing a bit more of this backstory for Nick. I think part of his issue with Chris is the fact that because Chris, he kind of was pushing his father away. Yeah. And Nick's attitude, I think, is subliminally a bit more, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Exactly. And the fact that you're kind of taking your father for granted. Mm Mm-hmm. He could he could die, yeah. you know. He could do whatever. So I think that's kind of the thing. So I think that's a really good point. Actually, I think we are going to see some sort of mirroring there. So after the flashback, we get the dog attack. It's a it's as far as days at the zombie office go for Nick. This this was a shitty day. No, it was pretty much anything sure. that could have gone wrong went wrong. Well, it was more pissy. I'm glad it wasn't as shitty as it, as it could have p- been. Yes. Yeah, it, was, it was more yes. pissy. But yeah, no, it was it was really, really bad. Um, but I think that that's a good thing. Mm. Like, I actually like that because I think that this is all stuff that really needs to happen. I mean, from what I'm getting from the whole, I guess, theme of this episode, it was just sort of really trying to push Nick's arc along yeah. and just sort of really to highlight... Um, sort of all of his flaws, mm. all of, of, of like the character traits about him that really need to be corrected and strengthened if he wants to survive in yeah. this new world. So I think that it was great, you know, sort of seeing that things weren't easy for him because mm. things have, they haven't been easy, but he's had a lot of luck on his side. And even with these scenes, he's still been able to make it out just by the slim, slim, you know, seam of his pants. But He's been able to survive. So this was just another great scene to just kind of show, like, okay, no, you don't have it all together. You don't have the answers. Well, again, previously, there's every time, certainly in the the first season and the first half of the second season, there has always been this thing where when something was about to go wrong, there was someone there to just pull it back, Mm -hmm. to save him and to help him, and he just simply doesn't have that. And also the fact that he's making his own decisions now. Yeah. And he's realizing that if he makes the wrong decision, that can end you. That can that can end you and have yeah. really serious consequences. So he's now in in the middle of the desert and he's being bitten by a dog. Dog attracts walkers. Walkers eat dog. Yes. He thinks that's good. It's not mm-hmm. really the, it's it's not really the best thing. But he does get his second meal of the day. Yeah, uh, which is dog guts. Uh, and I I wrote down. I wrote down the recipe for that as well. Um, souffle. Yes, one one dog, carefully eaten by Walker. Eat dog. There you go. So second. So I think actually. Yummy. I think yeah. I know what I'm having for dinner tonight, guys. I yeah. think I can see a Fear the Walking Dead cooking recipe, show. Yeah, recipe cookbook. Recipe book. Okay. Maybe for the holidays. Sponsored by AfterBuzz, Span- maybe? Yeah. Just I think send all can, proceeds and donations to uh, make some... Simon Biz and Ashley <laughs> Yeah, just, just do it. Uh, yeah, so, no, it's just, there's a lot of food in here tonight. Yeah. Yes. Last time they got offered really nice Mexican food made for them, and now it's dead dog. Um, yeah. Which adds along to the grotesque theme. It does. This, there uh, are st- well, exactly. That mm-hmm. ties in very nicely. Now, this is the point where we really start to see Nick kind of go back into his losing it moment. Now, obviously, he's been bit by dogs. He's injured. Yeah. So we are starting to see him really suffer with that. 
He's not feeling too great. He hasn't eaten properly for we can only assume at least a day and a half or two yeah. days. He hasn't had a lot of water. He's starting to really suffer from this. He's you can see obviously as well the sun has been beaten down. He's been lying on top of a bus. It's and not been a good time. Too. And he's injured. He's so probably losing a lot of blood. Yeah. Um now this is where we see him walking with the walkers. Yeah. This is not the first time Mm-mm. we've seen him do this. Obviously we've seen him smeared in blood and he it helps disguise him. But it was very different. It's do you find it quite interesting that this the, the safe place for Nick mm-hmm. is by literally heading right into the belly of the beast and hiding amongst... You know, it's kind of like finding... The place you'll find him least is where you least expect him to be, and that's right in the middle of a bunch yeah. of zombies. Why does he find that so appealing and such a safe place? You know, I, I like that you use the word safe because there is a sense of, of comfort there. Yeah. And we're seeing that more and more. Like, he actually feels like he's a part of them yeah. in some strange way. And I think that, I mean, it could be for several reasons. I think it's because they are so feared and because people are just so quick to let's kill him and let's kind mm. of get him out the way um, and and kind of cast him aside. And maybe that's kind of how he's felt for a portion of his life, just mm. kind of felt sort of cast aside and, and like people were bothered with him. But I also think it's, I feel like he really has control in that situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's the only person in that group that is like, very well aware of what's happening, where yeah. they're going. He, if he needs to get himself out of that situation, he can. And then we see in the scene with the bandits that show up there, it, to me it almost seemed like he felt like the, the walkers were his army, like he was in command of them, and he kind of had some control over them and, and was able to enact this, this you know, uh, I guess really, really horrible deed on these guys. Well, you say army, and I think it's it's almost kind of like an armor as well, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they are his shield. They'll yeah. just—I mean, you know—the real world is all around them, but it's just a little bit of fleshy buffer, yeah, a little protection um, there. Yeah, yeah. that. But also the fact that there's a really strange sequence um, where he feels or believes that. They're talking. They're to talking to him, yeah. and what they're saying was quite interesting because it was, "Come with us, we'll take you, you home. home." They're obviously all heading to to the border now. Did what did you take away from that by coming with us and taking you home? Did you think that it was a, a physical home going to a location that was going to be a safe place, or maybe across the border, or giving himself up? And becoming one of them, that I, yeah. they were his home, Family, yeah. he would become a walker and be part of their group. I think it was a little bit of both, right. you know, because going back to the comment, he now has this, this fixation about the dead. And, mm. and I don't think he's afraid of them yeah. anymore, really, yeah. as much. Um, now that he knows that he can walk among them and he has that that power there, I think it's a mix of both. I think it's when I'm with these walkers and as long as I have this blood on me, I'm protected and they're going to lead me to, you know, a situation that's going to make things better for me Mm. or I can become a part of them in a sense, you know? Is it also because, I mean, I don't know if you you agree with this, but humans are more unpredictable than walkers. You kind of know what a walker's going to do. They're either going to eat you or if they think you're not a threat or you're one of them, they'll just, they'll just walk along, along with you. But you don't know. We've seen this with the bandits. You you know, guy fumbles his gun. He drops it. They turn up. They just shoot. The it's like you don't... You, they're, that, it's the living beings, the yeah. living, thinking human beings that are the unpredictable ones and the ones that he just can't... Read and can't figure read. out. He doesn't mm-hmm. have that ability. Yeah. Also, as part of this group, we see his girlfriend from rehab, Gloria. Yeah. Now, obviously, physically, I'm assuming that she's not physically there because the last of time... Course, we see her we in see her in episode one of season yeah, one. We yeah, we do, which is another flashback that, that happens just after this zombie thing. So do you think he's he starts to recognise these faces? Why do you think he's seeing them there? What do you think? Do you think he feels guilty about, about Gloria's death? I don't think so much guilt is just m- much of he recognizes the people in his life mm. that he really counted on, mm. you know, people who didn't really judge him. They were just sort of there for him and didn't really ask a whole lot of questions. Yeah. 
Gloria, from from what we've seen so far, was just kind of like a ride-or-die girlfriend, you know? Didn't yeah. matter what he did. It didn't matter what mistakes he made. She was just going to be there mm. and be a support for him and to him and help him in whatever endeavor he had. And be it, it was the wrong endeavors. It was them getting high off of drugs. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it just sort of, for him, because in his hallucination, hallucinated state, it was just him... I guess just sort of trying to recall and being in that place, almost like if, if being among the walkers was like a place of calm and peace yeah. for him in a sense. Kind um, of the same strength that, that he would get, that, that release, yeah. that safe, warm feeling that he might get from using drugs. From using drugs yeah. or from being with his girlfriend. So, yeah, I think it for him it was just a way for him to recall those feelings, mm. um, because that was the time he needed it the most. He was malnourished. He was dehydrated, you know, injured. Yeah. I think it, it just, for him, it was like a coping mechanism, almost, in a sense. So we see the zombies walking. Yeah. Um, we also see at that point the Tijuana 40 miles sign. So we know that he's at that point already in a couple of days. He's covered about 60 miles. Yeah. So we know that he's heading, obviously, toward the border in that. This is where they come face to face with the bandits again. Now... Really interesting that one of the bandits who's previously been, uh, he was the ringleader when they obviously they, 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 their paths crossed earlier in the episode. Yeah. And there's a moment where clearly that guy spots that Nick is in there. He recognises Nick and he sees that Nick is not a walker. Mm-hmm. I think he sees from the eyes the yeah. way that they connect. Yeah. Um, which then distracts him and he ends up fumbling his gun, dropping the bullets, which results in him getting eaten. Um what do you think he was more surprised by, the walkers or the fact that there was a human walking among them? Because, I mean, I'm no expert, but I would be quite surprised to see a living human in the middle of a bunch of walkers. I don't know if I would, would even take the time to really pay attention to that. Yeah. Because, and, and of course, they needed it for, for the show purposes because we see the, you know, the people that we'll talk about mm. a little bit later. Um, who he eventually encounters, they also recognize that he's not a walker. Yeah. But it just seems interesting to me that, that people would actually, like, think to look that intently into mm. a crowd of walkers. My intent is just to shoot you and kill you or get the hell out of Dodge because mm. I don't know if you are a walker. And I, I wouldn't expect someone to be walking among them at all. No. I mean, maybe that's something that, you know, because this is still very new in a sense. Like mm. this whole epidemic um, has is still fairly new. Like it's been maybe a couple of months. Yeah. So I don't know if people know necessarily that that is a, a trick that you can do. Well, so because this is interesting. Because we're starting to see more of um, sort of physical milestones. Obviously, we're talking about the 100 miles and then the 40 miles. Yeah. Do you think we're going to start seeing, as we, as we progress through this part of the season, we're going to see more acknowledgement of, of time passing? We're going to see you know, days and nights properly. We're going to get some sort of acknowledgement of a, of a timeline. I hope so. Because, yeah. I mean, we don't know, or at least it wasn't clear to me how much time had gone by from the very beginning of the episode. Yeah. You know, like how many days or however long he had been with the, the woman at the very beginning. So I think that we might start to get some milestones, but I think that you know, time for this show. It's, it's like very relative and objective. It doesn't really matter. Mm. We just kind of know that this is, this is what it is. This is how the world is. Um, we might probably get a little bit of that if there is, um, you know, some reuniting of Madison and, and um, all the other characters in the show with Nick. Mm. But I think for right now, for me, the miles just sort of like the distance was more important. It wasn't necessarily the, the about time. time. Yeah. It was just, how much further do I have to get to where I need to go? And still, we're I, we're trying to figure out what his real motivation was. I yeah. mean, I think he he knew or assumed that there were, were people there, but why was that such a strong motivation, trying to find these people versus being with your own family? You yeah. know what I mean? Well, this is where we, we obviously see the bandits. Uh, two of the guys end up getting killed, yeah. uh, and then one guy goes, fuck all this, yeah, I'm driving. Right. So he drives off. Um, do you think we're going to see that guy again? And also, we that, at that exact point, we meet someone called Francis, Francisco and uh, Luciano, or Lucy, mm-hmm. as yeah. is also referred to. And they're looking for someone. It's not him. Mm-hmm. I, I had no idea who they were referring to. Yeah. As in, we don't know who that guy are. is. Mm-hmm. So that's quite interesting. Do you think we're going to find out who 
he is, the person they're looking for. And do you think we're going to meet that guy that drove off again? Or do you think he's kind of gone? I think he's just kind of gone. I think that that whole scene sort of sort of served the purpose mm. of just um, sort of showing Nick and, and that environment. But I think it will be interesting to, to figure out, and I'm sure it'll be somebody significant, um, who the group, like wh- who Luciano's group was, was actually looking for. Yeah. I thought maybe it, it would be um, Juan's father, who they said we were looking for him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I think it is, it's definitely somebody who was a part of their mm. group. Maybe it was somebody who was a part of Cecilia's camp. Because so, we don't know all of the people who were, were there. And we we don't know where they've come from. Exactly. Because obviously, I mean, I don't remember from the beginning of the episode, I was trying to remember if uh, the lady with Juan, um, wh- whether they were going north or whether they were going south. Mm-hmm. Because she had a very clear demarcation of where certain things might be and there were some people that were going to still harbour the dead. She did have some sort of idea as if there was some sort of network that may have been communicating so you kind of knew, very similar to in The Walking Dead, where you knew if you were going to Terminus, you were going to somewhere else there was that kind of communication and network so we've met Francisco uh, Francisco, we've met uh, Luciano Lucy, there is a third person in that group who has not said anything yet has not done anything yet, a younger guy, be interested to see where he fits in into it i think we might see jeep dude again uh i think what we might see potentially is that he is going to be part of the camp where nick ends up Mm. and i think perhaps is going to create some trouble and maybe say that nick was actually got those guys killed Mm. so i think potentially we could see that because i think nick getting to a good place and everything being happy is not really gonna work of course i mean we even see that from the preview yeah um, that's coming up and we don't know which episode it is but we know that coming up in future episodes he is going to cause things to mm. go awry which will be interesting to see because you know his his one of his motivations for leaving the group was because he felt like they ruined everything mm. you know like what they really meant for good they ended up turning it into something that was really really bad so it'll be interesting to sort of see that shift in him too where he's now part of this community that's protected, that's safe, that basically has everything that that he's looking for and how he'll mess that up. Well, we had one more flashback in the episode as well, um, and it was uh, Gloria and Nick Mm -hmm. in the drug den, where we obviously started the first season um, all that time ago. And they're obviously talking about a book um, that Nick's father had given him, a book that meant a lot to both of them in two very different ways. Um, And it's at that point where when Nick and Gloria are shooting up... Mm -hmm. um, and she says to him, okay, I, I, I sound like I'm going to be interested in that book. You can read it to me in the morning. Now, yeah. I take from the positioning of that episode, that it is was, the night before yeah. everything went mm-hmm. mad and yeah. she died. So I'm wondering if he's still harboring a lot of guilt about that because he didn't, because he was obviously cooking the drugs to, to for her to shoot up, yeah. which he may feel guilty about. He may still have this unresolved thing about wanting to share this thing that he had with his father, if he'd come more to terms with his relationship with his father, he didn't get to share that and discuss that and open up more about that. So he may be harbouring a couple of things from that sequence. Of course. I think which we're going to see evolve later on. So, moving forward, we're in the abandoned town. This is where uh, Nick goes uh, looking for drugs, because obviously he's in pain. And then he pops into the salon. The salon. Because, you know, even when you're surrounded by the undead, you've got to have a little mani-pedi. Of course. I'm thinking, you've got to stop off and do that. Or at least get the eyebrows. <laughs> exactly. Sure eyebrows on fleek. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Hair can get awfully fuzzy yeah, exactly. when you're out there in the <laughs> desert. Uh, and that's obviously where he, he gets the point where he meets up with um, uh, Lucy and Francisco. And that's where he gets taken into the camp and he meets the doctor. Some really interesting exchanges yeah, between Nick and the doctor. Mm-hmm. I assume he's a doctor. We don't know. Yeah. He doesn't say. Nick asks him, and he, he completely kind of jumps it. over it. Now, yeah. I would think that if someone said, are you a doctor, that would be a quite easy question to answer, because you either are, yeah. or you aren't. Or maybe it's just in this world now, where mm. maybe there aren't doctors, but I know how to treat people, because yeah. I've had some experience doing it. I'm not a literal doctor, yeah. but people come to me. I mean, they're... I've seen House. <laughs> right. So... A few episodes of VR. I got a yeah. I got a few episodes of VR on TiVo, so you know it makes me qualified, right? As good as exactly. And they have some really interesting inter- interactions and things. Li- little, 
kind of it's almost like a meeting of minds and we've seen this kind of mind play between various characters in the first half of the season where they're not letting everything all their knowledge base go they're just trying to suss each other out so a really interesting thing that said is is death is not is not to be feared but it shouldn't be pursued which i thought was a really really interesting thing to say what did you think when that that was discussed well, I think that in some ways it kind of contradicts a little bit of yeah. what Cecilia's philosophy was, and I think it's somewhat of the f- philosophy that Nick adapted um, while they were in that, that first camp. Um, I think he is maybe starting to get the lines muddied. It's like, no, it's okay for you to not fear the dead and for you to, you know, have that that you know notion about you that that you can handle yourself in these extremely dangerous mm. seemingly fearful situations but i think that in a lot of the ways and a lot of the flashbacks like he was very much on the the veer of death mm. in so many different scenes in so many different ways and i think that he's kind of accepting like maybe that's not such a bad thing like maybe that's okay um but it, for me, it was just kind of the, the whole exchange with the doctor where it was a snap back into, no, like, this is not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, there is a way to still have a life and for you to still have that connection with the people who aren't there. Um, but it doesn't have to be you physically dead or becoming a walker or whatever you think you're going to become. Like, there is still so much... There's, there's so much about, uh, great about life that, that we're, you know, we can experience and, yeah. and we have all these opportunities. So, you know, like basically don't don't cut your head off quite quite yet. Uh, one thing we touched on earlier was the fact that we were talking about his relationship, Nick's relationship with the dead and whether he sees them as armor or not. And there was one quote that he actually dipped in as well. He said, uh, the dead are safer than men with guns. Mm which I thought was, that was actually telling about his relationship. And again, we touched on this. Uh, Nick said, I want to be where the dead aren't monsters. So do you think, because he, he, that is a really weird contradiction to what he said about the dead being safer than men with guns, but he wants to be where the dead aren't monsters. Does he want to be somewhere where the dead are seen as almost companions, where they live in some sort of harmony? Yeah. Or that we understand the walkers. It was kind of a weird, kind of ambiguous. Yeah, I don't really know where his headspace is as as far as that's concerned because a lot of people are thinking that maybe we can cure these people. Like Mm -hmm. maybe there's a way for them to still be in that state but maybe have some sort of of cognitive recognition or them to have some sort of resemblance of, of their old selves. Or maybe it's just... You know, he just kind of feels like that's not the end. You know, made a lot of references um, in the first half of the season where death isn't the end. Yeah. So I think maybe he is is feeling like since he's more courageous, maybe he can push the limit, and maybe there is something beyond death that makes sense for me, or where I can exist and you know not have to be surrounded, like you said, by by these humans, these human beings who are dangerous, mm. who are unpredictable, and who I can't really read all the time. Well, we're coming very close to the end of the show. A couple of things to just finish off with. Now, when Nick obviously left the doctor's surgery, mm-hmm. or the surgery, yeah. don't know if he's a doctor, <laughs> um, and he kind of looked initially quite happy. Mm-hmm. Then he his face changed. Yeah. I couldn't read his face at the end of the episode. I wasn't sure what he was thinking. I got a sense of contentment for now. Um, I think it'll change because it always does. But I think I got a sense of a little bit of accomplishment. Like, I got here and I made it and I did it. And people probably didn't think I would survive, but Mm. I did. And so a little bit of, not maybe cockiness, but I think just again, things worked out for me once again, you know. Who else but Nick, you know. Do you think that safety, that that feeling of safety is actually more scary for him than being out there because he's like if i'm happy and everything's safe the only way to go from safe is dangerous it's danger yeah well time will tell that we can definitely go into predictions with that but i do think for right now he's in a a content place but as we know nick it will not last very long (laughs) okay as we always do with this show um carol watch so very difficult with an episode that is just about nick yes but let's get into predictions. Let's have a talk about it. So what do you think? Well, I think since we only got 
snippets of Nick. I, yeah. I would have difficult. to say it's very difficult. I think the dog might be the Carolash. <laughs> oh, no, he died. So, um, No, I think that Nick, this was a really great episode. Just, again, to sort of play on how far he's come. We we delved into his past a little bit more, seeing his attitude there. And then we got to see some really, really great scenes of his character and his attitude in this episode. So I think that he has a lot of great potential to be the next Carol watch. I think that there's still a lot of um, development that he would have to go through. But I can also see his character moving in a different direction where he does become this, like, death-obsessed, you know, walker-obsessed character who feels more comfortable and at peace being among the dead than actually, like, trying to survive and get away and actually find a place where he can live a normal average life. So... Um, I think he's like, since this is the mid-ish, season-ish, mm-hmm. uh, premiere-ish, I'm going to say he's like the Carol Watch-ish. Okay. Kind of in the middle, halfway. I know, we, I know we don't know a huge amount about her yet, but I see Lucy. Because you could see on her face, she's obviously very determined. She's looking for something. So I think we really, I think we're going to see a lot more from her. We're going to learn about her backstory very, very quickly. And I think she is going to be, for me, this Carol Watch. So, end of the uh, the episode. It's uh, season two, part two, episode one, or episode eight, <laughs> eight grotesque. <whichever> <laughs> uh, very interesting episode. We learned yeah. a lot about Nick. And obviously, I think if we do want to recap on those recipes, um, you can find the recipes for uh, the cactus, um, the handful of piss, cocktail, and also yeah. piss cocktail, cocktail and dead dog at um, cactuspisscocktaildeaddog.com. Com. Yes. Um, All one word. Which, yeah, we'll post a link uh, yeah. afterwards. Uh, thank you very much for joining. Welcome back. Um, yes. Where can we find you, Ashley? You guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Ashley underscore Chatman. Be checking out those recipes. Recipes this week, guys. Nom, Can't nom, wait to nom. See. Yeah, I'll right. be bringing in some samples. <laughs> and where can they find you? Ashley, welcome back. I've genuinely missed you. It's yes. it's lovely to be back together again. And next week, we're going to have Ben. So uh, watch the episode, listen to this, and do tell all your friends. Subscribe and like and Everybody. share it all over social media. And we will see you next week. Have a good one. Bye, guys. Bye, deadheads. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.